Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, hello. It's uh, the Taz Show, and I am Taz. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you guys uh, checking it out. If you're a frequent uh, downloader, subscriber to my content, I appreciate it. If this is your first time listening to me, well, what the hell you been doing? I'm well deep into 600-something episodes, soaring right to 700 episodes of this bitch they call the Taz Show. So uh, thank you uh, if you're a first-time listener or if you're a long-time listener. First-time, long-time. Uh, whatever it is, I appreciate it. Maybe you're downloading the show at Radio.com on the Radio.com app or the Radio.com app. Uh, um, take two. Radio.com app, Radio.com website. I was reading something that said the word episode, so I almost said Radio.com episode, which would just be dumb. Or maybe you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts. So, or the Google Store uh, for the Androids, uh, Stitcher, Jones, Stitcher Radio, Stitcher, Stitcher, or Spotify's. Yes, the Spotify. So there's a plethora of spots you could pull in my content, and uh, I am well aware that there's a lot of options out there of uh, men and women that cover the wrestling industry and uh, and other things. So I appreciate you always uh, stopping by here and checking out my shit and subscribing to me because I'm the most realest motherfucker you're going to find. And I think I've proved that, and I will continue to be real. So uh, this episode, kind of a – usually I cover the pro wrestling business, um, which is part of combat sports in my opinion, and I think a lot of you would agree. So I'm going to cover uh, something that's not professional wrestling. I'm going to cover MMA, which at times I do, and I'm going to cover UFC right now in this particular episode, as you guys know, because you read the fucking gimmick before you clicked download or listen so you know that so it's redundant see on my part i don't even know why i'm telling you this <sighs> but anyway uh so ufc fight night 143 was from brooklyn new york on uh saturday night january 19th so um i watched the whole card and you know this is uh i i enjoyed the card by the way i did enjoy it i i don't watch ufc religiously i don't watch mma religiously but at times i will delve into it um i respect all the athletes men and women that are that that are doing this no matter if in ufc or any other smaller promotions i do uh, respect the athletes uh, for sure so I, I i enjoy it but just sometimes i'm it's tough for me because i'm covering uh, you know i'm covering mainstream sports every day on the radio uh with taz and the moose on the cbs sports radio show and I'm covering the wrestling business, pro wrestling business, mostly WWE all the time. So it's like I don't have enough time in my day. I also have a life and have a family. and I, <laughs> So I also need some downtime to recharge my battery so I don't have time to watch like a ton of MMA. But I've had a lot of people over the years say, dude, you should cover MMA more. And I, I should. You're right. I should. And I have. And I've talked about MMA before and, and a good amount here when I, the Taz show was live or even uh, in podcast form like we're doing now so um regardless uh I, I'll, i'm gonna jump into this here because i i did enjoy the show like i said now it was interesting because this is the beginning of uh 
uh, ESPN and UFC's this uh, you know five year relationship, and I'm sure it'll be longer than that. Who knows? This deal that was cut during uh, this past spring, I think it was around May ish, I believe, of 2018. Um, they made the announcement that ESPN and UFC that uh, ESPN is going to broadcast like I think it's 30 or 25, 30, 30 uh, UFC events, I believe it is per year um, during a five year a- agreement uh, between the two monster organizations, meaning UFC and ESPN. So. Um, you know, so I, I checked it out on there, and I got to say, I, I think it's great. Um, and you know, we've seen this a whole bunch, as you guys know, for several years now. All mainstream sports outlets covering mixed martial arts and WWE or pro wrestling. So it's nice. It's nice to see. So even though UFC is not part of the professional wrestling world, it's just part of that combat sports world, which gives more penetration to the to the casual sports fan. To understand more or to delve into watching maybe UFC or more entertainment in regards to professional wrestling like WWE. So, and I know it's been going on for a couple of years, and it just keeps on growing. I mean, Fox, right? Fox was was uh, had the exclusive rights to UFC for for geez, I think since 2011 it was. I was reading this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know, it, it wanted to stay in business with UFC, but. You know, once uh, uh, NBC declined to do to carry his SmackDown, you know, for WWE, uh, Fox then, you know, uh, said, "Well, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna jump into the WWE world and we'll grab Fox, SmackDown and uh, UFC." Boom, boom, boom. Next, you know, ESPN, UFC, uh, ESPN. It's like, all right, hey, you know what, Fox? And not gonna do business with them. We'll jump in. We'll we'll uh, we'll do a massive domestic uh, television deal in the United States or worldwide or whatever on their app and all the stuff that ESPN and all the different platforms have. So I, anyway, I just think it's I think it's good. I just think that that's all good stuff. Um, can't go wrong. Now, real quick, um, I'm just, I, I'll do I'm gonna do this a little bit different. Than I do I'm gonna kind of similar way I cover pro wrestling. If I give you a reaction, uh, that's how this will be done here. Um, not that I have to hold your hand through this stuff. I just want to let you know. So, uh, but I will basically give you because these are legitimate fights. The finishes of these are not predetermined. So, um, real quick, I'll run through the main card: uh, wins and losses, or whatever. Light heavyweight: uh, Texera Global Texera won via submission in round one over Carl and uh, Carl Robinson, I should say, uh, with a Kesakatami, uh, which. Uh, w- We'll get into that in a little while. Um, women's flyweight, Paige Van Zant, uh, she won via submission in round two over Rachel Ostovich, okay, uh, which I, I have a lot to say about that match, and Paige uh, Van Zant. Um, flyweight, uh, it was came down to a decision, but Joseph uh, Benavidez uh, beat Dustin Ortiz in a Donnybrook, as they would call it. <laughs> um, that was a good match. A good fight, I should say. Uh, and then uh, we saw a lightweight bout where uh, Gregor Gillespie was uh, Gillespie was victorious via knockout TKO in the second round over Yancey Madares. Uh, another guy I want to talk a lot about is Gillespie. And by the way, that fight was so lopsided towards the winner. It was insane as far as domination. And then in the main event, which if you, well, no, I missed one. I'm sorry, I did miss one. Uh, the co-main event, a heavyweight batch, match, was Greg Hardy lost lost to Alan Crowder, okay? Crowder won via disqualification in round two. Greg Hardy, as many of you know, um, was a former NFL football player, played um, for the Dallas Cowboys and the Carolina Panthers, a uh, big-time uh, uh, player, and then uh, got into some trouble. Next, you know, gets into MMA. He's been dominant. 
uh, was dominance kind of ended yesterday, but he did lose via DQ with an illegal knee strike to the head of Crowder. I'll get into that in a little bit. And then the main event, which was pushed heavily and pushed properly. Uh, but if you blinked, it was over. <laughs> uh, it was uh, basically two champions uh, in this thing here. TJ Dillashaw, who was the loser in this match. Um, he's, he lost to Henry. Uh, Cause you could, I can't say this guy's name. Uh, so judo and who is an amazing, amazing fighter, Olympic gold medalist in freestyle. Uh, so Kajudo now um, with the, basically a dual champion champ, champ Jones, as they call it, has the new UFC legacy title. So, so that's that's the the basically the wins and the losses and all that stuff. Um, uh, let me jump into some observations now with some of the stuff. First and foremost, before I get into the fighters, I want to talk about because you know at times I get a little obsessed with the um, with uh, announcing or in this case it's ring announcing, right? So, all right, so Bruce Buffer, right? Okay, look, here's the thing. Okay, I got to try because I don't want to, you know, I don't know Bruce Buffer. I never met the guy, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I but I got to say, Bruce Buffer, now he's been doing this for quite some years for UFC. Very successful uh, with the UFC as the ring announcer. He's got a lot of fame and uh, from that. And I want to say now his half brother is Michael Buffer. Uh, you know, he's probably more famous than Bruce Buffer. That's his half brother. Um but, you know, Bruce Buffer's got some fame. Um, so it's it gets to a point now where it's been going on for a while where it's almost like, okay, Bruce Buffer, I, sh- I almost feel like I shouldn't even know your name or I shouldn't even be talking about you on a reactionary podcast, but I have to because you are obsessed, sir, with trying to steal the fucking spotlight. Now, some might say, well, he's trying to be entertaining, Taz. Go easy on the guy. Could be. I could be wrong, and maybe that's his goal. I, I I don't know the guy. I can't get in his head, but I gotta say, it gets to a point um, where it's like I I don't need to hear this guy fucking screaming nonstop before every single match where the ring announcing it takes forever. Okay, because it's like fighting, fighting out of this corner. Then he does that, and then he gives their hometown. Fighting out of the red corner, Jemma Schneebitz, Fernand Burnham, yada yada Schneebitz, Schneebitz. Fighting out of Detroit, Michigan. Like so, that's there's two fightings where the inflection is over the top, obnoxious. Put the attention on me. It's all about me, me, me. When I'm not the guy in there fighting. Now I know he's done some fighting and, and I think he has some level of a belt And I, 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 I know he did some training in judo Someone told me that a while back uh, Years ago he did some training in judo But I can't recall his other discipline That he's trained in Which is fine uh, The guy could be tough as shit And that's all great But you're in there in a tux And you're the ring announcer Okay, you know what? The company maybe wants you to have the fighting gimmick And you have this thing And, and where you do this thing Okay, cool I have an idea, UFC Dana White, Bruce Buffer Do it in the fucking main event If you really need to steal the spotlight Don't do it all fucking night So then it's not like It's obnoxious, I'm sick of hearing it And I'm tired of it This has nothing to do with the fighting This has nothing to do with who won or lost last night This has nothing to do with the athleticism Of the men or women on the card It has nothing to do with Dana White It has to do with I shouldn't be talking About a fucking ring announcer Really 
And I also shouldn't say Steve, see Stephen A. Smith on a fucking MMA kind of fucking broadcast where he's given an opinion of anything. And I got to say, at least, you know, he's Mr. Hot Take, Stephen A. Smith. You know, he's, he knows his shit with NBA. That I'll tell you. With pro basketball, the guy knows his shit. And most mainstream sports, he does know his shit. But he's Mr. Hot Take. So the hot take, for those that don't know, the hot take is where he gives, like, a complete pissed off. He's constantly pissed off and disgruntled about everything he sees in sports, and he's super critical on everybody he sees in sports, very rarely positive, always negative Jones, hot takes, screaming and yelling, and ESPN embrace it, and they love it. It's annoying. That's fine, but that's about sports. I don't need to see him, Stephen A. Smith, on a UFC broadcast. No, thank you. I'm good. Now, maybe... Maybe the reason why they did this, I'll get into the fights in a second. Just bear with me. I got to get this from my chest. Maybe they did this because um, they wanted to. And I, actually, I'm not going to say maybe. I'm going to say I'm 99.9% sure that ESPN talked to Dana White at UFC and said they wanted him part of it, part of the broadcast, because he's got a lot of star power on ESPN for the mainstream sports fan. So the mainstream sports fan. No matter if they like Stephen A. Smith or hate him, he's a star. So he's got star power from the mainstream sports fan audience. They get him. They they connect to him because they know who he is. Maybe that's the reason why, as opposed to Daniel Cormier, which the average sports fan has no fucking clue who he is, and he's doing the color commentary. Now, I'm not. He he did a good job on color commentary. I'm not gonna say he didn't. I mean, you know, Joe Rogan's got a completely different style, but you know, Cormier has, uh, you know. His success as an MMA fighter in the UFC, as as a collegiate wrestler at Oklahoma State, amazing, amazing fighter, amazing, amazing grappler, and he speaks really well on camera. Um, he's an intelligent guy, and so I, I don't, I have no problem with, with Daniel. I think he's, I think he's actually pretty good. There are some things I'd like for him to bring us in the ring a little, a little bit deeper on some stuff, some stuff. I I would like that a, a little bit, like. Uh, details on certain holds and names. I know a lot of these names, these holds, but he's not saying them. He will give you great insight on when guys should be like, you know, I can't remember the fight it was last night as I record this on a Sunday, but he he um, he did, gave a lot of detail, Cormier did on, uh, and I'm paraphrasing or whatever, like, you know, this guy, look at him shifting his hips this way. Watch, he's going to try and escape out this way. This is what he should be doing here. You know, he did give you that insight a little bit here and there. So I, maybe I'm exaggerating or I'm getting a little hard on him. I do think, like, certain names of certain holes, you know, I do think that 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 a guy like Cormier should, should be giving. Um, you know, I do. Uh, he knows them. That's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm just saying. I do think that you got to give those. But I, you know, I, I don't know if it's a thing where, um, where maybe maybe Dana White and company want him to, you know, uh, want him to 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 call them what the same way. Like I'm trying to give you an example of um, like some of the names you hear on some holes. Like in MMA or UFC, I should say, where, you know, and it's kind of like what a lot of people are used to, what fans are used to hearing. You know, like, um, I actually tweeted about this. I'm just now I'm coming to think of it about what Global Tech Sarah, he, he tweeted, uh, he tweeted, I tweeted about him after his victory. And I basically said, it was nice to hear Global Tech Sarah after his win via, in quotations, arm triangle in the first round. Um, and he called the move by the correct name. In a post-match interview, 
you know, Glover basically called it a Kesakatami because that's what the hold is. Okay. It, yeah, I know an arm triangle is another name for it, but that's more of a name. I, I think that, you know, the MMA world have come up with these names and, and the word triangles used in a lot of these names, and which is fine and dandy. I believe in using the authentic Japanese names for certain submissions. And and a Kesakatami is a judo, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo, um, you know, hold, uh, submission hold, uh, you know, where you, you trap an arm with the head up high and you basically circle towards the guy's head to, to tighten up on him to get him to tap out or choke him out. I, I, I learned what a Kesakatami was and the name of it when I was about fucking 11 years old uh <laughs> rolling in a dojo uh in queens new york you know so i'm just saying like and and in a japanese from a sensei from sweden who was a grand sensei in 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 judo which is a japanese art you know sport art whatever you want to call it because it is a sport it's an olympic sport i digress point is i like to hear i wish i would hear them say now, in defense of like Joe Rogan, now he wasn't on the call last night. I I don't you know I don't watch UFC all the time, so Joe Rogan might do this more where he uses the actual Japanese names or or Korean names if it's a Taekwondo guy or it's a striking blow or a, you know a, maybe Rogan does that more. I don't know. All I know is Daniel Cormier did not, and I wish that he would have because he knows his shit. The guy's great, but. You know, whatever. Um, the other guy, I think that was who was with him. I'm trying to remember now. Drawing a blank. It was uh man. The play by play was very good. Is it uh Enik? I'm saying his name right. It was John Enik. I think that's who it was. Yeah, it was. Him and uh him and what do you call it? Uh Daniel Cormier were doing it. Yeah, he's very good. You know, he's he knows his shit, that guy. Like as far as a play by play guy, he's passionate about it. You can see it. That's that's his thing. So he definitely knows his shit. Right, let me jump into the fights here a little bit. I got a little long winded on that out of the front end of the announcing, but I so many people like hearing me discuss that stuff, and it's just how I really feel about it. So you know what? I don't need to fucking justify that. But I knew what I do need to do before I jump into war uh, into uh, talk about the fights is yeah, I almost said it. Water. Hold on. Give me a second. Water break here. Yes. I need another one in a little bit. All right, there you go, Haas. So, all right, here we go, Jobbers. All right, so, um, all right, where do I start here? I'm trying to think. All right, so, this I want to say before I get into, you know, the fights and stuff, I want to talk about um, Paige Van Zandt, okay? The young lady who uh, she won via submission, a nasty armbar, okay, over Rachel Ostovich, okay? A young lady who. From Hawaii, her mom, dad, and I believe her brother were in her corner, literally. I've never seen that before, where her full family was like her corner. Uh, it was pretty pretty awesome, um, to be honest, pretty cool. Um, and and I'd never seen Rachel fight before. She's she's really good at that, really tough. She's got all heart. She's all heart. I wasn't too familiar with her. Paige Van Zandt, Paige Van, Van Zandt I've seen. I just want to say this. All right? So uh, the young ball was nasty for sure. The way Van Zandt won the match, and she was concerned right away about Rachel. She thought she might have like completely broke her arm because Van Zandt had coming off of an arm injury. I think she had surgery on her arm, forearm, I believe. So she looked very concerned and worried. You know, the girl Rachel did tap out on on Van Zandt's hip. 
I don't want to get too much into this match, but this fight, I should say, I've happened to say a match because of pro wrestling coverage, but I want to tell you this right now, guys, and if you've never seen Paige Van Zandt, watch her fight, look at what she looks like, and then most importantly, watch her in a interview, especially a post-match interview where it's unfiltered and she's just real. This girl, in my opinion, if she ever wanted to be in the WWE, a pro wrestler, not just WWE, but I think WWE would market her really with the money they have and the machine they have. This girl could be a star. Okay, she has a tremendous look, and there's something about her. She has such a likability about her. She seems like a sweet girl, pretty girl, blonde haired girl, pretty eyes, very pretty girl, in great shape. But she don't, she doesn't try to act like she's a, a killer, an ass kicker, and all this. But yet she's extremely athletic, extremely tough, and she knows her shit. She's super talented and athletic. But her connection, you know, me watching her, I'm like, wow, she really, you know, she connects, man. She connects with the audience. There is something about her. She has that it factor, that star power, um, that if whenever she's done, uh, now she's looking to. She wants to fight in the next big, you know, UFC ESPN event next month. I think it is. I think it is. And she's just obviously wants to just delve into keep delving into her love of UFC and and MMA. I'm just saying when she could be another. Uh, now I understand she don't have the star power or the huge massive credibility that Ronda Rousey had from UFC and Ronda Rousey first woman UFC Hall of Famer and all this jazz and her success and all of her success as uh, a, you know judoka on the international level for years and her Ronda Rousey's success is insane before she even got in UFC um, I'm just saying Paige Van Zant, there is something about her I don't know what it is man it just she's just some people just have it she has it like a star connection a star power She's not a huge girl. If you've never seen her, she, she, if you bumped into her in the street, you think she's just a regular pretty blonde-haired girl, you know, blonde-haired girl. That's got a got good charisma. But that's – I remember when um, when Bailey – like I talked a while ago about Bailey from WWE when she was like in, uh, in NXT and all her success in NXT. Um, and she had that, you know, the cliche, the girl next door, that, that likable thing that, you know, you feel bad for the ultimate baby face. That's that's how I feel about Paige Van Zandt. She's got that same aura about her as as a uh, you know as a fighter, uh, as a character, I should say, as a star. And they're entertainers. This is the entertainment business, even though it's you know legitimate fights. They are still entertainers. There's something about her. There was something about her for sure. Um, you know, you know what? I went over the results. By the way, I think I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm side note, Jones. I feel like when I gave you the results, because I know, I know, I did not give you. Since I'm drawing a blank, uh, Cowboy Cerrone, uh, Donald Cerrone, he beat Alex Hernandez. But was that in the undercard? Maybe because I, I saw that fight, but it's not on the main lineup results sheet. So I'm drawing a blank if he was on the undercard or not. But uh, a veteran MMA star, he won. Uh, again, he improved to uh, 35 and 11. He beat uh, Alex Hernandez. 
Uh, beat him up bad and finished him off with a high kick. I think it was with his right leg. High kick right to the side of the fucking head. It was just nasty. Um, he beat that kid up, Hernandez. Hernandez is pretty legit, too. But, yeah, what a career this guy. Uh, I, I'm going to get back to Van Sant in a minute. I just felt like I forgot to mention him, and I wanted to mention uh, the Cowboy Cerrone because he, he really has had an amazing career. And the old son of a bitch can keep on going. And, and he finally he got the... You know, Conor McGregor's attention because Conor McGregor and him might end up uh, hooking up and fighting. So, which will be something that that uh, you know Cowboys been wanting for quite some time. So we'll see. Uh, it looks like that might happen because McGregor did respond pretty quick. Uh, finally, responded pretty quick on um, social media. But back to Van Zant. Um, sorry, I got sidetracked there. I just, I just, you know, I don't like. I told you guys before. I don't write notes out. I don't do that kind of shit. I when I record my shows i just speak you know i speak i i you know what comes out of off my brain out my mouth that's how shit goes okay so that's why sometimes i just have to drink water in the middle of a show don't worry i'm not doing it right now um but this Paige van zandt she is i'm telling you man there's just something there and and i i I gotta tell you for a good chunk of this man when they first came out i felt like okay i think van zandt's gonna beat Rachel Ostovich, I do. I do think she's going to beat her. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Again, I've never seen Rachel fight before. And then once they start rocking and rolling on the mat, I'm like, oh, shit, all right. This is pretty good. <laughs> the first round was crazy. There was a lot of, lot of crazy grappling in this match, this fight. Damn it, I got to get out of that habit. There was a lot of crazy grappling in this, in this fight. And it was it was a hell of a contest. It was fun to watch. I, I wanted to go you know longer. It ended in the third in the second round. I said uh, I was saying and and you know so you know uh, I, I felt bad for Ostovich because you know it looked like her elbow there maybe be made it might have been some sort of a dislocation maybe or something. I, I I didn't get a chance to see what the results were if there's any injury report on her, but. Like I said, Paige Van Zandt was concerned about that. She literally caught that arm bar out of nowhere, Van Zandt did, on uh, Rachel. Uh, but she got the victory via tap out. So now, unfortunately for Rachel, she's at sitting at around four and five. She's four and five, and Ostovich is, uh, I'm sorry, Paige Van Zandt is eight and four. So uh, they have it on that particular match. But it was it was a really, really good good uh, women's flyweight match for sure. I really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm big time sold on Paige Van Zandt, if you couldn't tell. I just think she's great. I really do. I think she's going to be a star. And if that young lady don't have aspirations to be in the pro wrestling business one day, she should definitely think about it because I think she'd make a lot of money. Um, uh, what was the other thing I was saying? Okay, yeah. So the other the other thing that jumped out in this this event here, a couple things. Um, uh, that lightweight match, okay, <laughs> with uh, Gregor Gillespie, Gillespie, okay, where he beat Madaris, okay, and he, you know, he was Gregor Gillespie. It was he. He won the match, uh, knockout TKO uh, in the uh, second round. Okay, I'm telling you right now, like I, I don't remember the last time I seen something like as far as a match that went like a, a two rounds for argument's sake, or three rounds, or a full round, whatever. Something this lopsided. They showed the graphic at the end of the match, end of the fight, and it was so lopsided as far as basically. As you put it in football, time of possession. You know, like as far as the domination of Gillespie over Madaros was insane. Was insane. And, and this Yancey Madaros, this guy's far from a rookie. This guy now he's sitting at fifteen and six right now. You know, he's 
He's been in a lot of fights. A lot of people know who he is. He's he can go flat out, but he really he had no offense because Gregor Gillespie was was an amazing. He was a national champion, okay, in college in, in wrestling. He was a tremendous wrestler, and he he just he showed you what he showed you his wrestling and like really like and everybody who knows who he is knows what he can do. Uh, you 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 can't explain how. Gillespie just dominated him, dominated Yancey. Um, mostly with just with, with just riding him, with riding time, with, with a gut wrench from behind. Just just unbelievable. Uh, his match sense, um, uh, and you know, like I said, his success in college. He wrestled at Edinburgh State, okay, in Pennsylvania. Now that that's not a sexy name like Ohio State or Penn State. Or Iowa, you know, uh, you know, or any of the, like the Big Ten programs, or you know, um, it's it's not that. But people that know collegiate wrestling, Edinburgh is a legit, you know, Division One program for a long time. Like if you know anything about collegiate wrestling, um, you know, ex Kurt Angle, they used to wrestle Edinburgh all the time. Kurt Angle wrestled for Clarion University, which is also in Pennsylvania. There's a cluster of those, these schools and going towards Western Pennsylvania, okay, that have always been like amazing wrestling programs. There's still a lot, like Edinburgh, like, like East Stroudsburg, like Clarion. Um, uh, there's California University, which is actually in, there's one in Pennsylvania. I know it sounds weird. Slippery Rock. Oh, you know, just I'm saying, like those type of that cluster in that area of Pennsylvania, and that's where Edinburgh is. Just to give a lot of you folks that maybe from a different part of the country or world, you don't know what, what fucking Edinburgh University is. Well, that's where Gillespie wrestled, and that's where he was a natty champion, and he is just just an amazing, amazing wrestler, underrated in my opinion. Um, and he's undefeated right now at 13 and 0. The guy is just tremendous. And I, I, you know, it was a joy watching him apply his craft and what he can do. Um, very, very impressive, complete domination. And a, a guy who's worked his ass off. He's like at 30 years old now, Gillespie worked his ass off to get where he is, uh, did, you know, and, and doing it big right now. Um, now, speaking of big, we had a co-main event with two very big guys uh, in the heavyweight division with Greg Hardy going against Alan Crowder. Um, now, <laughs> this was this was uh, this was kind of disappointing um, on a couple of different levels um, because it, there's, there's a lot to kind of unwrap here because of Greg Hardy uh, and what his past and stuff like that. Um, and it's and there was an opportunity here uh, for redemption on a lot of things, uh, and then I'll get into it here, and I'll get into the main event too, and we'll do that on you know the other side of the break because, like I said, there's a lot to unwrap uh, in that uh, that Greg Hardy uh, UFC deal uh, from UFC Fight Night 143 and what happened with that disqualification, and we'll talk about or I'll talk about the main event. Which went quick, but there's uh, other stuff to unwrap with that. All right, Taz Show right here, and I'm Taz covering some UFC shit. Be right back. All right, guys, we're back here. Tad Show. 
Going to get into the co-main events here in a second of that UFC uh, fight night. In a second, I'm going to tell you about uh, something really, really awesome that a lot of folks could use, right? I mean, just be honest. Uh, everybody loves to have a nice grill, as we call it when I was a kid. Your teeth, right? Nice teeth. Well, check this out. And I got a pretty awesome deal for you, too, on this, so pay attention. Snow teeth whitening is the best, best solution that I found for noticeable whiter teeth. It's amazing. I've been using this now for two weeks, and the brightness in my teeth and the cleansiness in my teeth is, is insane. Snow's patented technology whitens better than anything else on the market without the need to visit a dentist or to get a prescription. And so it's pretty cool. It self-sanitizes, wirelessly, wirelessly charges, automatically detects the shades of your teeth, and it's water-resistant, so you can whiten while you shower. How cool is that, right? Plus, red light therapy for gum health. It's safe to use on veneers, braces, or any other dental work. Results are guaranteed, plus the industry's leading five-year warranty, guys. That's nuts. Five-year warranty. If uh, if you've never seen a product with, uh, with this many five-star reviews, celebrity... I should, I've never seen, I should say, a product with this many five-star reviews and celebrity customers that that, uh, that love this product, it's, it really is something else. Snow Whitening Teeth, this is awesome. Ships worldwide, and every order helps a child who needs dental care. That's great. So here's the deal for you guys. Pay attention. For 25% off... While supplies last, use promo code TAZ, that's Taz, at trysnow.com slash TAZ, T-R-Y-S-N-O-W.com slash TAZ. Tell you what, you want a shiny grill? Get the Snow Teeth Whitening System. That's right. All right, so um, I'll get into uh, talking a little bit uh, for a second or two, like I said, about the co-main event. Hey, listen, uh, for a lot of you guys, I know some of you people, you know, basically you just want to hear me talk about pro wrestling And that's fine uh, Like 90%, 95% of the time Here on the Taz Show Maybe 97% of the time I talk about pro wrestling uh, Sometimes I want to bring in other shit Like UFC I'm not going to talk about you know, mainstream sports here because I do that on a radio show. So it'd be unfair because I try to just cover wrestling here. But some of you guys might just want to, ah, fuck, I don't want to hear you talk about MMA. Okay, that's your prerogative. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. So that's how it goes. And if you want to listen, cool. You don't, that's cool too. So I'm just letting you know, it's all good. I I don't, you know, I I try to do the best show I can do. So you guys dig it. I can't make everybody happy. I'm just letting you know that. I, I wish I could. Um, it, it can't it can't happen though. It's just impossible. I've been doing this too long for too many years with hundreds of shows that I do know for a fact I cannot make everybody happy and I'm done trying. So that's the deal on that. I gotta do what I think is the the right shows. <laughs> so Greg Hardy, like I said, he fights Alan Crowder, right? So Greg Greg Hardy comes into this thing where I think yeah, he was like three and oh at the time. And so he was undefeated and he was knocking everybody out quick. Like he was just fighting guys that weren't really, you know great fighters they were nobody uh they were guys on the come up and the guy he fought uh, on 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 uh, saturday night is on the come up alan crowder who's not exactly to be honest with you loaded with a ton of skill either uh, but these were two big heavy guys this wasn't a, a fight that was a load of technique and and great technique um with two guys with like amazing history as grapplers or mixed martial artists or, or martial artists um this was a uh, two big raw bone guys one guy was a legitimate pro athlete um in greg hardy 
as an NFL football player who's a big, tough guy who packs a heavy punch, who's got some heavy fucking hands. That Greg Hardy, he has got some heavy motherfucking hands. I'm telling you straight up. He tags you. He's knocking you the fuck out. That's not what happened yesterday. He found himself with Alan Crowder, who Crowder's got a lot more experience. You know, he went into this thing with like probably uh, 11 fights, 12 fights. Uh, you know, he's 10 and 3 now, Alan Crowder. So, you know, and he won via disqualification. But, you know, Greg Hardy came out guns a blazing like he's done his other fights. And Crowder was able to take the punches and take the, the, the fight to the mat where Greg Hardy's just not in his, he's not in his element. That's just not, he doesn't, he, he's got to really work on his grappling. He's got to work on his submission. He's got to work on his submission defense. He's got to work on his hips. He's got to work on his cardio. And most importantly, he's got to work on controlling himself and knowing the fucking rules. Because that's why he lost. Okay? He need Alan Crowder in the head while Crowder's knee was down and his hands are down. So three points of your body are down. And it's illegal to knee a guy in the fucking head, face, neck area if the fucking guy is down. And he need him straight up in the head with those big, powerful legs that Greg Hardy has. And it was ugly. And the fucking ref was pissed. And that was it. Um, and he said, you heard the ref say, if this guy can't get up, Crowder, then you'll lose, you know, basically I'm disqualifying him, meaning Greg Hardy. And that's exactly what happened. Crowder, Crowder was, he was able to get to his feet and walk out and all that stuff. But it was ugly. It was nasty. And Greg Hardy, uh, I, you know, he, he is remorseful. He, he did say kind of remorseful. He did say in a post-match interview, basically, you know, I, 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 I reacted too quick. I just, I need to, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but it basically said he needs to learn what the fuck he's doing. You know, um, this is dangerous shit. You know, and you can't just break the rules like that and, and be sloppy. And that's what he did. Um, I, I think Greg Hardy will fight again in the UFC. I don't think that Dana White's going to kick his ass out. And I think he's got a future as long as he works on some of those other things, in my opinion, because he's got some heavy hands. And he's a tough son of a bitch. Uh, he is. And there was a right before that knee happened, Crowder started getting in Hardy's face and calling him a bitch and yelling at him and and Crowder started hitting him and he's they, they started that turned it like a fight. It was that was actually there was a blip in this fight right before the knee that it was actually fun to watch. It was two guys with just raw skills, just punching and just big fucking son of a bitches just pounding each other in the face. And then uh the knee came. But yeah, so you know, Greg Hardy, I, you know, in a way you feel bad for the guy because it seems like he's been trying to do the right thing because the way he left the NFL and suspensions and all the stuff that he's been through in the NFL, that he put himself through in the NFL and the bad character stuff that he's he's had and all the shit in his, that he's created in his life, this was kind of like a new birth for him, this, this MMA uh, career for him. And, you know, he goes into the thing, he's, he's 3-0 and and everything is all fine and dandy and no one had really anything negative to say about him. And then he goes in and loses his fight via DQ because of being undisciplined and it didn't look like it was an accident. Like he fucking took his knee and drove it into this guy's temple. It was ugly and it was bad. And, and Hardy was confused once the ref got in the middle of it because he thought, Craig, Greg Hardy said he thought that I thought maybe the guy was knocked out. That was it. The fight was over, and I won. But then, then it, he had the epiphany, like, "Oh wait a minute! I fucking just got yelled at here by the ref and everybody because I just fucking broke the rules uh, in front of a massive audience <laughs> at home and uh, streaming and uh, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center." So, yeah, it 
it was not what Greg Hardy needed right now in his career or his life. So uh, hopefully he learns from this and he's got to work on some stuff because he was gassed. He was tired as fuck. He was tired. You know, he he came out, like I said, guns are blazing early on. Then he kind of ran out of gas. Um, but I do think he's got a future. He's just got to get disciplined and work on it, um, work on like his cardio and work on his ground, ground game. Um, he's a big, strong guy, man, tough. And, and like I said earlier in my beginning of my commentary about this this fight, his um his hands are heavy, and you can't teach that. You can't teach heavy hands, and that's what the deal uh the deal is uh, uh with, with him, you know. So, um, the illegal knee uh, basically um it's something that maybe could be part of his past. Believe me, I, I I'm not rooting against the guy. I don't know the guy, but I hope he can figure it out. I hope he can figure out and get shit going the right way, and and he ends up back in the octagon for UFC and and figures it out. But like I said, the referee was was really it was good to see the referee like indignant. He was really pissed. Uh, Dan Mogliato uh, was a veteran ref, and he was not happy at all. Uh, and and he's just as big as these two fucking dudes. He's a big dude. But um, but yeah, so it it was entertaining to see, and it was it was sad to see how it ended, but. It seems like the, the you know it, it does seem like um it does seem like uh, Alan Crowder I think is going to be okay he he might have a concussion I don't know but that could be the case but I'm saying he he did stand up and walk out on his own because it looks scary for a second I'm not being dramatic either I'm being serious like it did look scary <laughs> All right, so the main event right uh, champion versus champion you know uh, was uh, was uh, Henry Henry Sajudo uh, against T J Dillashaw you know these are two guys that you know, have a lot of fights under their belt. They're real guys. They're champions, both of them. Um, two young rising stars. Listen, uh, Henry is a guy who is just so decorated as an Olympic, Olympic champion. Um, you know, just a, an amazing freestyle wrestler. Amazing. I knew of him back a few years back, like before his fame here in UFC. He is just tremendous. And you know, he, he he goes in as the flyweight champ. Now he beats the bantamweight champ in Dillashaw, who came down in weight to fight uh, uh, Henry. So, which is tough. And Dillashaw is fucking furious, man, uh, because he feels like he felt like uh, you know, and he's got a little bit of a gripe. Like the fight should not have been stopped. This fight lasted thirty-two seconds, guys. The fight started and it was over in thirty-two seconds. Now. Uh, Sududo came at him and they and Dillashaw went on him, but Henry just was just all over him, like just fucking nailing him and dropped him and everything, and didn't even have to utilize his amazing, you know, grappling wrestling skills. Uh, and Dillashaw, the ref got in, in the middle of it and stopped it, and, and Dillashaw felt like he shouldn't have, like he was fine. He the ref was saying, Show me something, show me something, and Dillashaw feels like he was continuing to work, working on a single leg. And I, I could see what Dillashaw is saying. Like, I'm kind of on the fence. Watching it live, when I watched it, again, I wasn't the, the, the third man in the ring, the ref, and I wouldn't want that job. That's a tough job. And I, I got to say, I, I felt like watching it, my initial reaction, that the ref did the right thing because it seemed like uh, he was Henry was all over him. Like, it, he couldn't – like, the kid, Dillashaw, no 32 seconds – couldn't do shit. I mean, like he was in trouble. He was getting tagged left and right. It almost looked like he wasn't defending himself. Um, he got rocked several times quickly. Now, it's a championship match. 
two champions main event in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center, the first huge ESPN UFC event. Like I said, main event Jones, two champs, and you, you, you know, you, if if you're gonna armchair quarterback or armchair ref, you gotta say you gotta let this thing go a little longer. But that's a tough spot for the ref. You know, it really is um, a dual title fight. A title fight. Uh, you know, Dana White. You know, Dana White. Uh, he came out and said, "Yeah, it was it was a bad stoppage." That's what he said. You know, but it is what it is. I mean, it's the it's the ref's deal, and it, it was a thirty two second flurry. Dillashaw's fucking furious. He busted his ass to make weight. This was a big opportunity, and then he loses, and and and. And uh, and basically, he sat in the corner of the cage, fine, pissed, really pissed. You could feel this kid Dillashaw's tension and anger and rage and how emotional he was. And uh, Henry said to him during the post interview, he said, "Listen, I, dude, I'd love to give you another shot, you know." And he's like, "Come on, let's fucking go again." <laughs> he was ready to fight him right there. He goes, "I, I, I you know, we're fighting your weight, whatever." And 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 you know, I, I just hope that that happens. I feel like Dillashaw should get. A rematch as soon as humanly possible This guy worked probably I don't know 12-15 weeks To make weight, bust his ass for this fight It's a huge fight for both men Both guys, like I said, are young Awesome fighters And for it to end like that Now look, it, if Henry Gisudo comes in there and just fucking Knocks him out and it's there's no argument There's no controversy Then fine, then fine, I get it No problem, but you know, if you looked at Dillashaw after the fight, he looked fine. Like he didn't, he wasn't beat up bad. He wasn't, but it was the ref's discretion. It really was. So if you asked me, if you were sitting with me in a in a room or a bar or whatever watching this fight, I would have given you an opinion. Yes, the ref should have stopped that fight live. When I watched back the replays and you could see that Dillashaw was trying to work towards something, um, I could see Dillashaw's gripe, and I could, and I also understand, and I agree, it is a, you know, it is a fucking, you know, a dual title match, you know, flyweight and bantamweight. So you know, uh, so now uh, Henry Shadudo goes to fourteen and two, and Dillashaw's at sixteen and four. Um, listen, both these guys are great. I'm a fan of both these guys, and I'm looking forward to a rematch uh, for sure uh, as soon as possible. I hope it happens. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a tough, tough deal for, uh, for Dillashaw. It really was. It really was. Um, I was reading, it was, it was the fifth fastest knockout or TKO in, uh, in UFC history as far as title fights. Uh, that's crazy, right? I mean, crazy. So, you know, it's, it, I, you know, I, I, I know I've, I've cut weight from, Big shows like pay-per-views Different than cutting weight to go and fight a guy On a shoot right like in a shoot fight But I'm saying just try to get my body Weighted a certain way so I looked A certain way in the ring Whatever physical look I wanted During that time so I know what it's Like to to, to be on an Elliptical machine a lot and do a shitload of Cardio on a treadmill and Eat super clean and hydrate Like crazy and and to get those personal goals out of the way to make that weight I've done that for a lot of years now uh, As I get older I'm nowhere near in the shape I was and that's not like that anymore for me And my body is a little fucking beat up But I do know What 
and a lot of you guys out there, men and women that have maybe been athletes or people that just have tried to diet and, you know, everybody, you know, so many people trying to lose weight here and there. So, you know, it's just imagine that you're doing this to fight, to, to fight, fight this guy to get to his weight and cut that weight and work your ass off for all those weeks. And you look great. You look amazing. And then there's all this hype and all this push and all this everything. And then it's over in 32 seconds, and you feel the ref stopped it too quick, and you were fine. You weren't knocked out. You weren't concussed. You were, you know what I mean? Like, that would piss you off. So I could see Dillashaw's point. But when you watch it live, it was a fucking blitzkrieg by Hamish Judo. So I could see why the ref stopped it. You know what I mean? Really. So, uh, so anyway, guys, listen, I, I appreciate you guys listening to this uh, special uh, Taz Show podcast covering the UFC Fight Night 143. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll be, be back at you during the week uh, with some more content uh, as we get ready. I'll do a Raw Rumble preview, Gimmick Schneebus Furnum on Friday, uh, going into the Raw Rumble. So, talk about that, you know, preview show. Uh, all that kind of shit And uh, trying to t- Also circling up with Mike Johnson Mike Johnson will be on the show real soon And uh, and that's the deal Alright guys look I'm Taj and I'll talk to you soon Thanks for all the support guys Talk to you about my top friends Now my circle is getting smaller All these people acting fake man And to be honest I don't even have a top ten Me against the world I've been doing what I really love Haters been hiding behind the screen Man they movie cuts And when I'm back at home It never feels the same